Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. Today, I would like to talk about the damage that is caused when overachievement is expected. Karen, can you kick us off? I can. I mean, when you ask this question, the thing that came to mind with me, I'm a baby, I'm of the baby boomer generation, the bottom of that generation where you are not giving a gold, given a gold star for just showing up at camp or whatever it was. So I think what, you know, when I hear that question, my, what comes to mind for me is by doing that, whether it's an overachievement or anything where you're being given some kind of thing for not necessarily reaching a standard, are we impacting someone's intrinsic motivation? because that intrinsic motivation is one of those intangibles that we all look for as for our employees. Like, what are they, what are they motivated about? We want them to be motivated internally. We don't want to have to give them a gold star, a raise, a promotion, a bonus, or whatever to get them to perform. They should want to do it internally themselves. So I think that if you're just rewarding because you're rewarding, you damage that intrinsic motivation. But does that not speak to the point that we're making that if you reward people for overachieving, you be, overachievement becomes the point and then... Yeah, it's the same thing, in my opinion. Hmm. I have definitely seen situations where the overwork has become the new norm and trying to pair back to the, you know, the, the reasonable load now looks like, but you're slacking. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing because we've overloaded you for so long that now that's the new expectation to your point. Yeah. I, I think it, it's very con context specific um, in terms of, you know, if you, if you've got somebody doing a job, which is inherently sort of quite, short effort to reward and you're just measuring them on <laughs> measuring them on the numbers and something like that then which is a which is the most common situation where you you get people into sort of an overwork situation um that is inherently unhealthy and you know there's a reason why for example in the european union we have the working time directive to try and stop that kind of thing happening um where you've got a more complex job like say a, somebody doing a complex B2B sale or something like that, it's very difficult to know what achievement is anyway. You know, what is the right bar? And you quite often get situations where managers just increase the bar every year until the poor person collapses and resigns and goes somewhere else or is perceived to be failing because they're not meeting the new standards. Mm. Um, but I think it's very, it's very context specific. I don't think you can be... Um, generalist about it even down to like the motivation stuff you know um some people don't care what other people think but for other people it's absolutely the most important thing in the world so yeah, yeah. i guess context I have, a, I have a client right now who is in this situation in that there's been this level of overachievement for so long that now it's expected and she can no longer meet it it's just become unbearable but she doesn't know how to basically say, this is untenable. I can't do this anymore. But I think that a perfect example of that is kind of what went on with Simone Biles. Mm. She knew she knew her own boundaries and safety, mm. but yet all of the, I mean, like she's the perfect example of an overachiever, but yet all the negativity she got about that, about her making decisions that are specific to what is right for her in her scenario, you know, we really have to look at by, you know, like I remember in my corporate career, you're constantly, oh, 
absorbing other people's jobs kind of per mm -hmm. se, but you're not necessarily ever rewarded for it. And then the minute you say something about it, you're just whining. So I think that in the court, you know, back to what Simon was saying, contextually in the corporate world, that's kind of my experience of how, how that constantly rewarding somebody or not rewarding them for overachieving with them thinking like in my mind, I'm intrinsically motivated by the idea of overachieving. So when, you know, that, that carrot keeps being dangled, you keep working and working and working until you just can't. And that really ultimately is what you're saying, Robin. Yeah. I think from the employee side, the solution that seems to be the most tenable is have the conversation and with the assumption that it's going to go badly and you're going to be changing positions to find a new role that is scaled appropriately. From the management side, I see it as a, an actual failure on the management side. And what is in a better approach is having that conversation. When you are lauding their achievements, how do we also include in that conversation very clearly, here are the boundaries that we should be maintaining, right? If we let our employees burn themselves out, that's our fault. Yeah. I have another client whose corporation does not allow emails between 3 p.m. on Friday and 10 a.m. on Monday. They shut down the email. Awesome. Server. I love it. Yeah. So I love it until I'm working over the weekend and I can't get an email. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, mean, like, I love that that company setting the tone and the, you know, putting a kind of basically, this is our philosophy. This is our, you know, brand per se. I love but that. I, I violently disagree. I think that okay. if you have to put that kind of policy in, you failed. Oh, because no you've, you've created a culture where people can't say no. Yeah. Um, you should be able to send an email on a Sunday morning and whoever receives it should be able to go, I'm not going to deal with that now. And sure. that it should be safe to do so. And if they can't say that, then I suspect there's lots of other things going on where they're feeling pressure to overwork. Because um, I do feel like there is a certain amount of pressure. Like, let's say I do send an email on Saturday morning and you get it, Simon, and you're like, well, but if I don't answer it, then it looks like she's working and I'm not. And then that looks bad. And so let me just answer it. And so you end up with this kind of creep thing. And that's what, that's what you got to fix. How? How do we fix that? Uh, I think psychological safety would be a huge thing to be able to, for people to feel safe, not to participate in that. Cause of course the other thing is, you know, we're all about flexible working, especially with COVID times and that sort of thing. Some people may be working on a Saturday so they can take Monday off. Hmm. Um, you know, so I, I, it is down to conversations. Do you and see respect. that happening a lot over here, Robin? With any, like, I I, rare, I rarely hear people talking about the ideal flexible working environment where you could choose to take the Monday off and not have it impact the rest of the team and all that. Everybody continues, and you're not getting 50,000 emails over that day that you take off. That's what's supposed to be your day off, but it's really not because everybody else is working. You know, it's like... It, it has to come down to leadership. Leadership has to set the tone for that. If they, if they continue to set the tone by sending emails and expecting you to answer, then that tells you what, they're, what they you know, promote and what they want. And I think that second aspect is the key. What is the expectation that's set? Yeah. I have worked in environments that are global, that are 100% remote, where yes, 
some people are working over the weekend for that specific reason. We're taking other days off during the week. Um, the time zones are a thing. You can't expect immediate responses. You know, my attitude had always been in that environment to make sure that there's a message waiting for the person when they're going to be coming online, yeah. right? If I know that I'm out of sync, great, let's do it so that they have the option to address that when they see fit in their particular schedule. But it was that I, I felt like I had the permission to ignore things as needed and to cue things up for other people to do at their own pace. Yeah. But are you truly ignoring it? I mean, like, I th that, like when I heard the word ignore, I felt like it was not, I understand where you're coming from, but, but at the same time, should we have to be forced into this predicament where we have to make decisions knowing it can impact, you know, our work reputation? Yes, we're adults. <laughs> and we filter, we filter the world around us all the time. So why would we not filter at work? And you don't you respond to every sound and yeah. sight that you see. So, But I do and, think that and, the expectation of the corporate world, at least in the U.S., is that. It is and exactly that's what, needs what fixing. I'm describing. Yeah. And, and that's what needs fixing. Because if that's happening, other bad things will be happening too. Yeah. Because here in the U.S., I can definitely say that with COVID and the global economy, People in the U.S. are expected to work all crazy hours to cover cover all the time zones. And that is our 10 minutes, so I'm going to have to cut us off there. Super complicated topic. I appreciate you guys putting in the effort to try and have this conversation in 10 minutes, and we'll have to do it again real soon.